Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 49 right. of Casual Watch 49. Talk. We're getting up there. Nearly up to another milestone. Right. I feel I feel older and wiser. <laughs> and unfortunately, hopefully we'll get to uh, episode 50 because I've implicated Chris in a horrendous horological crime. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get reported <laughs> for this. This might be our last know, one. Yeah, we'll not be able to. What's the uh, what's the British uh, Clockmakers Association? We'll not be able to join that anymore. We'll be we'll be blackballed. Be excommunicated right. from the British Clock and Watchmakers <laughs> Society yeah, for sure. Likely, but but more about that later on. Well, that that was a little tease. Mm. <laughs> So anyway, Chris, how have you been and have you had a watch obsession? But first of all, how have you been? Uh pretty good. Was uh was working out in the garage, got some got some fun garage projects I've been working on, so that's that's been good, keeping me busy. Um and let's start with your watch obsession. We'll switch it up because my watch obsession is I think I think crazy. It may not even be a watch obsession. We'll have you decide that. But let's start with yours. Let's flip it around. Well, my watch obsession has been trying to get video content out. It's We're moving house, so it's been very difficult to film and edit stuff. I must have five uploads in re- ready to go in various stages of pre-production or post-production. So if anybody's listening to this and subscribed to the channel, just bear with me right. just for a little bit. There's some great ones, but... What I will say about those after the plug for the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel is that I've mixed, I've had two of the reviews and a big thanks to one of the members of our Casual Watch Talk Facebook group. So a big thanks to Luke, who is a medic in Australia, Mm. an emergency medic. And he helped me review the new Boulder Medic watch. Boulder made a watch especially for medics. And I would have no idea whether it was useful. So he jumped (laughs) on Zoom with me. Right. Cool. And then, of course, our channel favorite, a good friend to the show, TJ, he helped me out with a military watch, which is, I think, is what I'll I'll do from now on. I'm, if I get a military-inspired watch, I'm going to either get ask his opinion, or in this case, I actually sent him the watch so we could see it in person. It was a watch, I won't give the game away, but it's a watch that's specifically designed for Navy SEALs, okay. or, or people in the mm-hmm. Navy, people in the military. Mm-hmm. And he had some great really well thought out points about it that I wouldn't have Mm. thought of, like how it would perform in operations at nighttime and things like that. So I think, I think it's going to add a good dynamic to the reviews. Super. I mean, super interesting too. like any of the tool watch stuff when you're, you know, you, uh, very much like the, like a slide rule bezel. Like I was watching a great video about how to use the slide rule bezel. I mean, I couldn't see it without glasses on, but uh, any of those tool watches, like if you're, you, if you have any of those special functions, um, to actually to to see how they would be used in the field, and to sort of know that they're there when you need them, is uh, is kind of nice. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, we know TJ's view on these slide rooms. Right. There's a lot of That's watch. Right. He's like, no, this is we, we would not have yeah, time for this. Yeah, right, exactly. In a military situation. Yeah, it, right. The, the instrument's dark. Uh, you know, it's in the middle of the night. You're going to land on a carrier. No, you're not going for the, the Breitling uh, slide rule. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of been my watch obsession. I've also been really loving... I've always been a fan of Formex, although I've not seen one in person. This is that watch that has that case suspension system built into it. Have you seen these, um, I've heard about. I've heard about them. I haven't, haven't seen them yet. So long story short, the, the case is in two parts, and the inner case... It's so it's sort of spring loaded, so it moves with your wrist. The watch actually moves up and down in the case okay. for shock absorption. Yeah. It sounds it sounds very similar to the to the way G Shock is designed, where the actual movement. Yeah, but is. this act you can actually move oh. this. You can, you can press on the case and move the the inner piece up and down. Teddy Balbazar did a review on this. Federico's huh. got a he's actually got his own one. They were always quite large, obviously because of the mechanism. Mm-hmm. But Formex have released a 39mm version, which I'm really liking oh, the look yeah. of. Yeah, I'd love to see one in person. I might just buy one. Formex, of course, uh, won my heart over when they had me as uh, one of the top 10 That's watch right. YouTubers. That's right. They put you on the... You made the list, Sam. So, I mean, you, I made should, the list. you, know, you should definitely, you know... <laughs> Exactly, and they said they they were the people that you've heard me joke about this on the podcast before, but where they said uh, Sam at the Casual Watch Review Channel is not afraid to tell Omega what he thinks of them or <laughs> yeah, something along right. those lines. I'm like, oh, I'm that <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm, that the, guy. Uh, I'm the. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Omega. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it, I, I'm looking at a picture of it now. So it uh, it was normally pretty large. Now these are mechanical watches. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He, yeah. I'd, I think I'd heard. I think I'd heard about it, but I I didn't actually see sort of how the mechanism worked. That's interesting. Yeah, I think they used to make very big watches. I think, uh, obviously, some are military inspired. They were very. They were known for this case design, and I think in recent years they've gone more refined. I believe they've even got a new CEO hmm. at the moment. But they refined. They refined it into more of a sports watch. It's like an Aquaterra type alternative, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say. But this 39 millimeter one, I think this is just the right sweet spot mm. for it. Cool. Um, they're Cosk, uh, one thousand three hundred ninety dollars. So it's yeah, not it's a bad reasonable price for a, for a, for a Cosk with some special additional, um, not manufacturing but uh, uh, engineering involved mm-hmm. in it. Cool. Yeah, and the machining on yeah, the roads yeah, and stuff. Yeah, cool. So go on then. All right. Let's hear yours. Yeah, yeah. So bit of a tangent, but stay with me. Do you know what the Antikythera mechanism is? Silence. No, Silence. it sounds like something medical. No, no. So uh, it's a little confusing because it's the name of an island. And so there's no... Kathera mechanism and there's this isn't the anti <laughs> so uh it's a greek <laughs> island uh anti kathera or anti kathera however british you would like to pronounce it but uh, anti kathera mechanism so the story is related to horology because this is the absolutely the world's oldest they call it an analog computer but but it's it's a it's a clock but it's way more than that so the story goes, and I will I won't I won't give it all away, but I will definitely say if you if you don't if you are super interested in 
um, horology uh, mechanism, things like that. You should definitely check out. There's a great like PBS documentary on this. I think it's I think it's available on YouTube. You can certainly find it um, in lots of different places. So, what this is is they found a shipwreck off the coast of Greece in the 70s, and they found some coins and some old jars, and they found this like hunk of brass with gears in it, and they weren't really sure what it was. But they were like, oh, you know, uh, it was, you know, it's probably like something that maybe had shown up later or, you know, they weren't, they, they couldn't really date it. So it wasn't until the early 2000s that they were able to get some 3D x-rays of the actual device. And then they were able to date it to about 200 something BC. So this is a clock mechanism that predates all of it <laughs> everything so this is the world's oldest so so historians were super excited because they thought you know maybe this is from another you know shipwreck maybe this is you know something from the from the 1500s or something like that um or or maybe even a little earlier um and and they couldn't quite date it well this is a clock that is like back with the Egyptians. That's how old this thing is. Well, because the Greek Greeks were always known as mathematicians, weren't right. they? They obviously right. birthed the modern maths that we use exactly. Today. But but no one thought that they had made any uh, mechanic, you know, mechanisms like this. So after they did these three D X rays, they they realized that this is w- way more than just a clock. This is you know a calendar, etc. And it turns out that not only did they possess the technology to cut brass gears, <laughs> this is again, uh, you know, uh, a thousand odd, you know, uh, what's it, uh, fifteen hundred odd years ago, like many, many years ago. I'm not getting this totally right, but what I'm what I'm saying is super exciting in that it it it, it showed that they had this technology, but then somehow lost it. And and if you could just imagine for, for a moment, you have a very complex brass gear mechanism that can keep track of the lunar day, the lunar calendar. So, so you have calendar, um, and then you have all the other planets, cycles, the earth, the year. It could also track um, eclipses. So, you know, what is, you know, uh, magic, but uh, technology that, uh, you know, unrecognizable technology. I, I mean, if you had this device back then and you could say to a king, oh, yeah, so um, we should probably attack the kingdom on, uh, you know, next Friday because we're going to have an eclipse. If you could predict an eclipse, I mean, just you're a magician. So um, definitely check out the, if you don't know anything about it, check out, there's plenty of, uh, there's documentary, like I said, on, on PBS, on, on YouTube, definitely seen it there. Um, Sideline, so one, one of the reasons why I'm back and excited about it, and I think I mentioned that uh, I have a mechanical calculator, an old Curta calculator. Um, one of the things that makes me excited about this is there is a YouTube channel called ClickSpring. 
And I don't know about you, Sam, maybe it's just me, but uh, to wind down, I enjoy uh, watchmaking videos and, and, and watching machines and, and lathes and things. <laughs> maybe it's just me. No, I like the wood turning ones. It's it's really good way of de-stressing yeah. watching them wood turn all the epoxy. Oh right, ones yeah, like when they, they make bowls and stuff. Tables or, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or they make they put a, uh, things in epoxy. Right. I, those are the things that I, I probably watch them more than watch YouTube channels. <laughs> nice, dare I say nice. it? Yeah, but it's like a good wind down. Well, there's a channel that you should definitely check out. Um, it's called ClickSpring, and uh, Chris over on ClickSpring uh, has been started a project a couple years ago to recreate this device so as i said they only have like pieces fragments of it and they were able to take some like high resolution 3d x-rays of it which which they figured out a whole bunch of other features and functions that it had um i mean so this is a perpetual calendar on steroids this is you know a perpetual calendar that i mean and again like like i was saying earlier like imagine if you had this is this is sort of the wonder of watchmaking this is what this is why i'm excited about you know when you see these little mechanized devices if you were to take a perpetual calendar and go back in time a thousand years um you have a piece of you know magic on your hand on your wrist you know so uh click spring on youtube he is in the process of recreating a a, a version a, a a an exact replica of the device well, he hasn't made a video in like a year. And I kind of I kind of wondered like what's going on? Like why hasn't he made a video? Well, he just came out with a new video and he explained why he was gone for a year. And the reason why he was gone, um, not because of anything with the pandemic, but was but be, was because he was involved in a research project where they were there where they had gone back to figure out that this um device could also convert like the calendar to the egyptian calendar so it has like this separate like complex ring just again wild amazing device i'm surprised you haven't heard about it but kind of a totally geeking out on it all week about this wow no i'll definitely check it out so it was hand cranked it wasn't mechanized with a spring and a or pulleys from, or weights from, yeah so from what from what they think it was you would you would turn it to then to then predict the future <laughs> um uh, to keep track of the seasons etc um so i i don't i don't think it had a mainspring in it um it did have a crank on the back of it for sure um but uh oh, yeah wow. that's absolutely fascinating yeah, yeah. we'll have to leave the link to that in the absolutely. show notes absolutely well that's been really fascinating so well, why don't we start with a little bit of watch news so i think people expect us to mention it we'll talk about it what did you think of the hodinky john mayer <laughs> uh dw5600 yeah 180 yeah. Uh, no it wasn't it was the 6900 yeah. but regardless it's the john mayer limited edition with teal, teal hodinky. paint special special teal paint and um i had Posted a picture on Facebook about uh, I had just happened to catch it when it was like there was five minutes left to go. And I put five of them in my cart because what I wanted to see, and we talked about this, I wanted to see if Hodinkee was going to require a sign up. And that they were going to somehow limit it because you had to be a, a Hodinkee member or have an account. 
Um, and as I as I guessed, you didn't have to. And I put five of them in the cart for nine hundred dollars, and I did not check out. And then about fifteen minutes later, they were sold out. Yeah, I've got mixed views about it. I mean, it's great. John May is obviously a huge watch collector. He's not only a, a musician, but he's iconic to watch collecting. Uh, partly because of how Dinky also uh, showcased his his collection that he's got. Um, AB over on Watch Collecting Strategy did a video on this. I would check it out if if you're interested in it. He mentioned that he speaks for all watch collectors and said you know about the john mayer thing i I don't necessarily agree with that but i'm it's one of those things where obviously this is a good looking g-shock it's three times the price of the same exact same model in a different color there's no reason that it has to be limited edition Mm -hmm. i mean casio could probably knock out a million of these in six months without even a sniffle it it was uh, the one of the i think the key what am i going to say um one of the key points that i saw being made was it wasn't the solar atomic so you know like if it was solar atomic 180 bucks okay now we're in the realm of great great we have a special edition and it's it's got the latest hardware and the latest you know so it may that was maybe the maybe the biggest disappointment that I saw. Yeah, you can't help but think that Casio have got this down to uh, to a fine art. I mean, yeah, it had some custom box, it had some custom paintwork, but that that version of the watch is already available. You could already get it in like a hundred different colors anyway. Right. I mean, the aftermarket scenes got them, so you can't help but think that, particularly with that one, that Hodinky bought them for. $30 maybe probably cost less, and then they yeah. ratcheted it yeah. up because there isn't $180 worth of watch there apart from the fact that it's scarce it, I liken this to Casio released and it went totally under the radar but a limited edition for Blue Note and Blue Note Records they there's an the iconic jazz club in New York is called the Blue mm-hmm. Note. So arguably that has got more musical heritage than just John Mayer on his mm-hmm. own. Um, that wasn't limited edition. They were knocking those out as far as I know. You can still buy them on Amazon. So they've got that kind of musical chops, but it just happened to be that it was hyped. It was hyped. Mm-hmm. It was hyped on Hodinky mm-hmm. for ages. They had that, that countdown mm-hmm. clock. It was like, guys, that. They're never going to learn because they're making money right. from it. I mean, having said that, if I was yeah. in their position, you yeah. know, I just, I just sold yeah. a lot of stock for. Yeah, just I, I don't. I, so I mean, I will say this. I, I agree with you. I think uh, getting people excited about watches, John Mayer, great. That's great. I, I think uh, getting people, you know, John Mayer, Hodinky, that's also great. Fine, uh, no problem. Uh, they want to do a special limited edition. Uh, okay, I'm okay with that. We can, we can certainly do that. Uh, I do question maybe the 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 price as we as we said, um, but that's those are my reservations. And if you know if, if if you can have those or not, you can agree with me or not. The 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 whole part of this that I was frustrated with is whether it's Hodinkee or any other company that's doing special editions online, selling online, they need to learn that all of these watches 
along with your PS5s and your Xboxes, are going to eBay. And and it was six seconds later, we we started to see the listings. And yeah, it, it, it's it, it is ridiculous that there's one thing taking Blaupar. I mean, I've still got to be in my bonnet about that, Oris. But those high-end ones that they've done collaborations mm-hmm. with, it's it's one thing doing that, but then it's a completely other side of the coin taking everyday accessible watches like they do right. with the Swatch with this, ru- and then hiking the price yeah. up for no reason yeah. other than it's a limited yeah. edition, other than it's scarce. Yeah. So with them, with the scarcity, with the false scarcity, it means that someone like me who has the wherewithal to to it click buttons faster and to write a robot script that can click buttons faster uh i get uh you know 15 of them on the you know what i mean and then i turn around and i list them on ebay there are there are a bunch that we saw uh shoot up to about 500 uh but for the most part it looked like when we clicked on sold uh they were selling for about 350 so twice or 380 uh so you know about what 200 dollars more uh shipped and and just listing after listing and these weren't listed and not sold these were sold listings so people had already paid twice the price two hundred dollars more for this you know for to get this to get this watch that's that for me is really i just that's the thing that sours sours it if if you had a situation where hey we're gonna off you know hey everybody we've got some special like how many times you go to a website where they ask you to sign up for your special offers, right? Like every single one of them, right? Well, okay, here's what you do. Hey, dear marketing department, you want to give a special offer? You make this the special offer, you know, because like you, you want to have, uh, you know, a, a 10,000 super engaged people tuned into your newsletter. Throw this onto a newsletter where those folks had to be a signed up member and and they could buy one yeah and and why not have hey this is the john mayer g-shock we're selling it for 180 dollars mm-hmm. um we're not sure how it's going to go we've bought hundred thousand of them so we're not sure I don't, I don't know if that's the exact number i'm just i'm just spitballing right. here but say hey we bought this if it does well what we're going to do another order right. um, and it will take casio uh, three months to get it so don't don't go crazy on the buying them secondhand. We'll have another batch. And then they could just keep doing the batches. I don't understand why they create a finite resource mm. out of essentially an infinite product. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. that watch is not new. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, Casio bought the, you know, the, the paint, uh, you know, they're just a different yeah. color paint. I mean, yeah, they might have had to do the box, but there's, I mean, this is, Casio are at the, the precipice of mass producing exceptionally quality mm-hmm. watches. I mean, I'm just about to upload a, you know, that Casio Joro, that $55 right. dive watch right. quartz. If if I wasn't like really obsessed with like just collecting watches and loving watches, that watch is all you would ever need. I mean, it's ma- it is big. It's on the big side, but that's yeah. all you would it's need all, as a watch. It looks it's all good. Bill, it's all Bill Gates needs. He wears it. Yeah, exactly. This is a stainless steel. This is stainless steel watch i can't i don't know what hodinkee's game plan is other than hey 
we're just going to pull this watch out the air. We're going to get John May to put his thing on. Every, everybody's taking a little cut. It's like a, a bloody pyramid scheme or something. This is my own view, by the way. This is my and These are my own opinions, not the opinions of um, any other person other than me. The hype machine is so mm. is so trite. Where you're just like, come on, we're gonna t- we're doing the hype machine again. Where you're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna have it's gonna be limited and 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 then you know make money, make money, make money, make money. Oh, wait, we're never making them again. And you're like, okay, okay, the hype machine. And then how many times, uh, you know, I, I I you know I don't think Houdinki has fallen for this, but it's around the corner when they're gonna they're gonna run out of ideas and they're gonna take. Uh, a limited edition that they've already done and they're going to re-release it and just make everybody mad Seiko. and you're just like wait a minute i i thought these were the limited edition i can only get a thousand of and then and then like you said be, because they didn't say anything because you don't have any idea they they could sell them big tomorrow they could come out and be like oh sorry we meant it was gonna be 60 dollars," you know because you just they don't you know they don't want to say it they want to keep the hype train going so yeah, exactly. It and exactly. I mean, we've we've joked about this in the past with the the travel clock, where they they, even though it was ridiculous the price of it, they at least made reference to the fact it is a finite resource. Yeah. It was this watch company closing down. They bought the movements, but this is Casio. I mean, they're knocking out. I mean, and Casio do do their own limited editions. I'm not I'm not saying they don't. Right. And they, you know, the G Shock collecting community is very strong. They certainly did that Kith one. But it just seems so. Like, if you want to, because the argument is, oh, John Mayer, I think AB might have made this, or John Mayer's making, um, you know, people who are his fans into watches. Okay. They might now wear okay. a watch because, yeah, but, what's, but what but what lesson is that? Oh, you can have a watch, but only <laughs> if only if it's a limited edition. Right. They're very hard to get hold of. They're very elitist, yeah. these watches. You're going to have to, it, it's, it's a wrong message for me. But anyway. So. Yeah. That's um. That's a Sam, anyway, Sam so and we'll, Chris's um, opinion on it. So that's good. This yep, is totally our absolutely. own opinion. Totally our own opinion. Anyway, uh, whilst I cool down, let's just pause for a very quick ad break. Hey, it's Chris from the Casual Watch Talk podcast. As our longtime listeners know, we often talk about cars here on the pod, and that's no coincidence. Like a lot of mechanical watch lovers, we're both into cars and racing. A couple years ago, I curated a collection of automotive-inspired straps and started the Camping Auto Club. Camping Auto Club watch straps celebrate the rich history of automotive liveries with their inspired colors. Available in a single-pass NATO, two-piece, and our new super-comfy elastic NATO. Check out Camping Auto Club on the web. That's championship in Italian, C-A-M-P-I-O-N-A-T-O dot club. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. Well, we've got a couple more stories, and I have to... I've just had a little bit of a, a rant there about Houdinki, but I also have a big apology to make because, and I know you're listening, so if you're listening, I, I apologise to you. This is directly to Sylvester Stallone because <laughs> I might have made a little joke about his RM05 Correct. watch, but he did a, yes. yeah, he did a, a YouTube video and he he just came across so well. He is definitely a passionate watch collector. There's no two ways about it. The way he talks about his watches that he's selling. And he kind of confirmed the rumours in there that, I don't know if it's a rumour or urban legend, that he basically did save Panerai. Hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I'd give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Him him, and um, uh, Schwarzenegger. Well, yeah, he. It, it's funny because he actually mentions oh, cool. that, that he was the first. He's like, oh, and then, and then uh, you know, Arnie was the next one to uh, wear them. Because apparently he went into these jewelers and he was looking for a watch for that daylight film, something that was 
uh, he was going to be doing a lot. It was very physically intensive for him as an actor. And this jeweler had one in this back case. And he was like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, don't, no, these are, nobody's buying these type of things. <laughs> and so this one's like, no, show me. And he got it out and he was like, yeah, this is this is it. This is it for me. Um, so he bought one. And that's one of the ones he's putting up for Oh, auction wow, that actual at the moment. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that first one that he wore in daylight. Now, he does mention, it. what I thought was funny about the... Um, the Richard Mill, the I think it's the RMA5, the one with all the gadgets on it. He's selling his version, but he when he talks about it, he he doesn't mention that he had something to do with the design of it. Oh. Now, I think all over the Richard Mill website, oh, yeah. it's kind of suggests very heavily that he was an integral part right. of the the marketing he heavy there. Yeah. Really, yeah, he doesn't really allude to it. I mean, he gives a good look at what it is. I mean, that thing is it it's a brute that thing know, but right? he doesn't say oh this is the watch i help design or anything yeah. all right yeah <laughs> yeah i'm glad i'm glad he cleared it up i'm glad he was you know because <laughs> uh we we certainly were harsh we were a little harsh probably but yeah so um uh, mr stallone if chris and i will always have you on the podcast we've got a busy schedule coming up so you know it That's has right. to be convenient right, for yeah. us but obviously just just <laughs> let us know get your people to speak to uh my people yep. <laughs> or my wife if i'm on a meeting um so there you go so yeah so a little apology there and and you should watch that one i'll leave it in the show notes and i actually went down a rabbit hole and watched a couple of his where he's been interviewed and he's a huge fan of patek oh okay that, that's actually what he wears um so it, he came across he's definitely a passionate watch collector i mean nobody can fake the what he was saying but um <laughs> Next story, I would say, is have you seen the new limited edition Seiko that they're doing for the 140th I have not. anniversary? I have not. I refuse. No. I, let me let me click on it. <laughs> so, I'll click it. You sent me a link. I'll click on it. Yeah. It's uh, called the King Seiko. It's the KSK okay. King Seiko okay. something. Um, it's a recreation of their original 1965 model. It's got the high beat 6L35 movement in it, which they're really talking. This is from Watch Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on to the Seiko website for this. They're really talking that movement up as if it's the bee's mm. knees. Um, 3,000, only a limited edition of 3,000 okay. because for some reason they can't make any more than okay. that. Uh, and it's going to be. I don't know, for it's three thousand pounds, so probably like yeah. know, three and a half it's, it, dollars or something. It's, it, it's interesting. I, so I would say I have been a watch collector long enough where I could pick up the original, some of the original King Seikos on eBay for pretty cheap. Nowadays, you cannot get them; they've been all kind of gobbled up. Um, to get an to get an original like 1960 uh, King Seiko, so I was aware of the the branding. It's interesting they they're going to sort of resurrect that. Yeah, I think it is interesting, and I, I've not I don't think I've experienced the 6L35 movement. It's one of their high beat movements. Okay. Apparently, they designed. I was doing a little bit of research, and I've, anybody who knows this better than me. I'm probably going to murder this next bit, but I think it was loosely designed on a, a movement series like the 4L or something mm-hmm. that was Seiko designed to be a drop-in for the ETA 2892, I believe it was. Okay. So it's a very thin movement. That's one of the advantages right. to it. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I'm still, you know, I'm still a little bit jaded about the Seikos that I've owned in terms of their timekeeping and stuff like that. So I don't know whether I would go all in. I, if I was going to buy a Seiko, an expensive mm-hmm. one, I would go with Spring Drive. I would yeah. just, just, yep, yep. <laughs> in fact, um, speaking of the old Spring Drive, mm. Watch Pro have been releasing their watches of the year, and it's all in different categories. But for their contemporary classics watch, mm-hmm. they have the grand seiko which was the 60th anniversary the high beat mm-hmm. one uh, sorry it's not a spring drive it's the high okay. beat they're saying that that's one of the best watches they've also got a bulvagari on there as from well from what i know um and our our seiko followers can certainly clear me up uh correct me on this from what i understand their high beat movements are are made to and for and sent to Grand Seiko. So the, the you know regular Seiko proper is is does not does not receive the high beat. They do not they do not have access to it as much much like as they don't typically have access to the spring drive movements. Now you do you do occasionally see them in uh some of their you know their high end diver but I feel like now that they've split uh a couple of years ago um that that that's happening that that the sort of the the line was crossed or the line was drawn and uh those movements do not cross so my guess would be if it's out of the grand seiko factory or the factory that's making those high beat movements for grand seiko and also the the uh, spring drive movements uh it'll be fantastic it'll be amazing because the the even the 1960 ones were pretty incredible for for their time um as, as far as accuracy goes uh, and as we've said before on the cha- on 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 the pod uh it's it's a shame that 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 line is there and that they're not sort of allowing some of the higher end technology to to slide down into into more affordable pieces it's interesting that you say that because I was reading something about this movement and it was saying that actually during the quartz crisis, just before which Seiko, were, they're loosely associated with the quartz crisis, aren't they? That they really kicked it off oh, with I their would, quartz yeah, movement. I would think so, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's always the story that first Seiko was always the, that's always yeah, the story I bef- hear. Yeah, and it was saying actually before they, that they were bringing out some of these incredible, like the high beat mm-hmm. movements, like you were saying in the, the 60s, and it, I, I too am wondering this, why this idea of excellence in movement making, they've kind of plateaued certainly in their mid-range watches. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a plateau, really. They they don't seem to have improved the technology exponentially in mm-hmm. relation to the what they were doing in the early, early 19th century up to the, you know, yeah. oh, sorry, 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why isn't that now it just seems like they're aesthetically changing the watches but they're throwing in the standard mm-hmm. movements that you've always seen it's not a like you said it's not an improvement in the mm-hmm. every man's watch right. category right yeah so uh 3636 what is it 36000 was it 8 beats a second or 10 what is it this is this uh, grand seiko yeah the king the seiko beat. yeah I'm not sure actually. Mm. They've uh, the Watch Pro have done some. They've got whole categories. It's really interesting. I, I don't remember them. They must do it every year. I just don't think I remember it. But in their um, Chronograph category, they've got the the Tag Heuer, the the limited edition, the 160th anniversary mm-hmm. one. 
I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, it's such a good-looking watch, but that price yeah. for me is all over the place. I mean, th- this is they've got it here for I, I don't know, it was like six and a half thousand or mm-hmm. something dollars, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Which, I mean, it's such a good-looking watch. It's it's a real shame that it's so expensive, but interesting as well for their chronographs. They had the Iron Annie watch, mm-hmm. which used I forget which. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to get murdered for this. I forget which company. Do you remember which company I and Annie used Mm-mm. to be? I do not. Um, it was... I can't remember. Um, but they it, they recently changed names or the company offshooted from them. Riff, who I used to do the uh, video version of the No BS Watch Show, is going to be screaming <laughs> at his podcasting app of choice that is like oh that used to be um uh, anyway i forget now in fact i could probably find it it because i think uh, long island watches used to sell this brand okay i've I've got the i've got the info on the uh, on the 6l35 it is it's a uh it's a 28 28 so 28800 bph so it's uh arguably high beat for seiko but that's not high beat in my mind. So do they do they specifically say that it's a? I mean, I know the the original King Seiko was a was a high was a quote high beat movement thirty six. Um, I'm curious. Um, it's Graf Zeppelin and and Junkers is the sister okay. brand to Iron Annie. But All right. They they've they have this Iron Annie as part of their. I always forget to look on um, Long Island watches because there used to be some interesting watches in his in his category of scratch and dent. He used to resell his the watches that sort of came back for repair and or or the, that were returns. Mm. And there was always used to be some nice little little, little gems in, in there, there, but I've not mm. looked for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. For gifts and whatnot, we are getting down to like shipping deadlines. So if you want to buy anything, you better. If you want anything for Christmas, <laughs> we are we are down to it. Plus, plus uh, the whole world is shipping everything right now. So, so Sam, have you seen the uh, the new Vertex Bronze? I no, I've not. Is this this probably one of their small seconds? Correct, watches, is correct. It? I saw uh, uh, what's on the wrist had a review of it the other day, and uh, Vertex is a interesting brand i don't i was learning a little bit more of the history i think i think you might know a little bit more than i about it but yeah i i know they're military inspired they're actually very well liked by british military um, personnel mm. i know i know a guy who's in the raf and they do a military order for vertex i've seen one in person they're very well mm-hmm. made but they're the price for me is is a bit of an obstacle that I can't get over. Mm. It's a utilitarian watch. It's a little high for. It's a little rich for my taste, shall we say? Uh, right. My my opinion. It's uh. So the backstory is these. This is one of the rebooted brands. Uh, one of the original, uh, Dirty Dozen watches, uh, field watches, uh, that were made. So it's got the. It's a reissue of that. I I knew about it, and I also knew uh, you you mentioned military buying it. I th- I thought there was also um, there's also some limits on it too. They were only like they were only selling to military at some point. 
Oh, I think I remember this story. Yeah. I can't remember what the background was, but yeah, you either had to be in the military or a friend of right. somebody. Yeah, you couldn't military, get it unless. It? Um, so, yeah, certainly, you know, uh, a rebooted brand. But I, but I think you're right. I I took some I took some did some more investigation into it. So the bronze, uh, twenty two fifty pounds. So let's say, uh, what did that be? About twenty seven hundred dollars. Um. Also, well, you just include the VAT. That's all, that's easy. <laughs> it's it's a easy math. You're like, well, you just whatever that is in dollars. <laughs> but um, they have the stainless steel as well, uh, PVD, and and you won't buy, you won't do PVD anymore, will you? I I don't like I, I I don't like PVD watches. I don't know what it is about them. I think I think I just like the stainless steel mm-hmm. look. I'm reviewing. Oh look, actually here I've just tried to click on one of the watches and it says please enter military passcode. There you go. Or contact Ver- Vertex directly yeah, for. Yeah. So you you can't get the M100 in stainless, but you could buy the bronze. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Very, very uh, kind of niche. Neat. Yeah. So these are ETA powered watches. They do a good job of them. I mean, it's it's in the sort of Braemont type. Well, actually, probably probably Braemont's even more expensive than that for their brass one. Yeah, it's an interesting brand. I saw one at a watch fair. It was funny because. I think the guy had gone for lunch and left one of his colleagues there. So I started asking about the watches and uh, and the lady there did not know oh. even the first thing about <laughs> it. Was it was just manning the booth, was, basically. <laughs> yes, she was just basically Making sure you weren't manning, running manning away with booth. any. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they are, they are good-looking yeah. watches. I know they do really good military discounts yeah. as well. So they are sort yeah. of a darling of certainly of the British huh. military. So good luck yeah. to them on that. I, I think I found them. I think I found them because I was... Uh, last week's where last week's watch obsession was uh, panda dialed uh, chronographs, and I and I think I went off on a tangent on military chronographs, uh, Type Twenty, et cetera, et cetera, and I and I ran into they they have a MP forty five chronograph, and it has the single pusher, so that yeah, so that's okay. So stop, start, or start, stop, and then you press it again, and it resets. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. And, and you know, and for that, for a chronograph, uh, thirty four hundred. That's not. That's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. These those ones are Salita powered. I, th- I think. Okay. Or, or according to the yeah, website. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. The SW five ten. It looks like. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll have to do a bit more research on that. And if anybody's knows a lot more about Vertex, also if anybody's, uh, we've been saying a lot of stuff about Seiko. If anybody's an expert Seiko collector, we have Todd, who mm. is the authority on Seiko chronographs. But I don't think we've had anyone on the show who's a real, except for Stephen, mm. who joins us occasionally. Uh, I know he's a big fan of Seiko, but I don't think we have a uh, somebody who's who's who. I don't think we have somebody who's a Seiko collector that that watch that these limited edition watches at three thousand dollars are aimed right. Towards. They're sort of draw, drawing in. I mean, they abandoned that that King Seiko, you know, and not abandoned, but you know, they, I mean, that it's an old brand for them. It's an old trademark. Yeah, kind of retired. 
Uh, so interesting that they're maybe testing the waters, rebooting that. So as teased at the very start, uh, joking aside, I said that I was going to implicate Chris <laughs> in a crime against a crime uh, against horology. Uh. So Chris, do you want to? do you bear purge yourself and tell the story Uh, yeah okay i'll I'll tell it i'll tell the story and then you can you can implicate yourself where appropriate (laughs) so you have the walbrook you bought it it has a date it you'll it was a mechanical we talked about this many times it's the it's the you know children's toy 8100 series Sorry, Miyota, uh, wobbly rotor. So we had taken that out and we replaced this with a with a cloned movement, and it was doing okay. Yeah, we didn't go we didn't go full in with the nine oh one five movement because they were like a hundred dollars. So I opted right. for a Chinese clone, which was yeah. still it was it was still forty five dollars. Yeah. Maybe we, all right. In hindsight. We should have maybe we should have just put the hundred because then I maybe with well here, let's get to the next point. So then took a nosedive on the timing. Maybe it's magnetized, maybe not. But at the end of the day, we're you know it was not a it was a cheap clone movement, and you weren't too uh, worried about it. You yeah, it was a shame because you timed it uh, so well. well. I mean, it was within a second I, a day. Yeah. It might be that it's magnetized, maybe. but it, this is my kind of grab and go yeah. watch. So then. You surprised me, and you bought yourself the quartz version. Yes. Okay. The mecha quartz with the three-hander mecha quartz. And I did say on the podcast, and uh, Mike called me out on Facebook saying, you said you, said you didn't like mecha quartz, and so now you're saying you, li- you like mecha quartz. So maybe I need to clarify. Yeah, the, uh, um, I believe the Facebook conversation was like, are you okay, Sam, or do we need to send help? <laughs> it was like, yeah, exactly. So, and eventually, I still don't like Mecha Quartz chronographs. Okay. I, I don't like the still 24-hour subdial. I don't get it. But this is a three-hander Mecha right. Quartz where the second hand honestly it, it does looks look like, like a mechanical sweeps. Yeah, it's a few, a few times yeah. a second. So then we know you are categorically uh, not opposed, but no, no. You absolutely must have a date. You're a date guy. Yes. You've made this very clear. Even on your last video, you made this clear. You're like, go Cassiodoro yeah. with the date. So the quartz, the Mecca quartz, no date. So what is he to do, people? What is he to do? He calls, he, he texts his watch modder friend and says... Can well he wasn't available, so <laughs> that I te- <laughs> that I text Chris. <laughs> so then, then he calls some guy that he does a podcast with and goes, "Can you put a quartz movement in the Walbrook with a date? Like, can we find a mecha quartz with the date, or just a quartz with the date? Because it's not going to be a mecha quartz." I can hear the police sirens I know, already right? going now. So the horological oh, police. So a watch that I made better by putting a better, well, arguably better, I guess, a, a different, a different movement. It swapped the movement in, a mechanical movement in. Now you would like me to attempt. Oh Lord. So this is, but this is to retain the date function. Yes, this is so that I can have the Warbrook as a grab and go mm-hmm. quartz movement. Now this. 
this is i know this seems like it might be easier but i know this is going to be difficult for you mm. chris because that second hand on a quartz watch is is unforgiving right. isn't it if you misalign yeah. it yeah you're not i'm not gonna let you send it back either <laughs> i'm just gonna mail it to you <laughs> mail it to you and just be like i changed my address <laughs> send it from a p.o box uh yeah trying to get the alignment right and then the other difficulty so we sort of reverse engineered this almost because you said, you know, you, we were kind of looking into this. This is we talk about a watch obsession here. Uh, we reverse engineered the concept of, of putting a three hander with a date into this watch. There isn't a drop in one. There isn't one that just sort of drops in. And that helps me to explain why their quartz version, their mecha quartz version doesn't have the date because like it's not a. This is like this is going to require like a special movement holder. This is going to require some some. So, when when I started sending you CAD drawings, how excited were you? Yeah, I realized that um, it was. I realized it was no simple ask, and you know, surpri surprisingly, not surprisingly, there is not a lot of forums where people are asking the can i swap this there's a lot of people like can i swap this quartz out for a mechanical but the other way around the forbidden right. way around every time i did a google search i did it the right way just so i wouldn't get you know how you you know how you don't google certain things i didn't google i didn't google switch quartz with me switch mechanical with quartz i did not google that <laughs> i was always like so is this like a drop-in replacement i would like use those terms <laughs> um the story though is it looks like we might have a winner um i actually had kind of gone back and forth and but the one of the biggest problems is the hand size so mechanical watches well and not even mechanical watches like just watch mechanism uh watch movements from different companies just they have different sizes for hands um and they're not close so we're gonna need to get some different hands yeah and that's probably the shame in the whole thing isn't it because the walbrook's hands are so They're, distinctive yeah. um it's weird because i actually tried to put unsuccessfully tried to put the mecha quartz in the um just to see whether it would fit in the case of the other watch mm -hmm. because for some reason the mecha quartz version of the walbrook maybe i'll have to do this in a video so that walbrook owner can see it the case is slightly thinner mm -hmm. on the mecha quartz makes, makes sense, sense. It's yeah quartz, for sure. but but it means that the crown really digs into your wrist and i've never had this on a watch oh, before right. where the crown digs into right. your wrist so i'm wearing it on that remember the um the nato that mm -hmm. i've got that's made out of an old land rover tilt the old land rover canopy i'm having to wear it on that because it's so thick and it, and it gives you that extra couple of inches you know extra because yeah. because it, it's a good like it's a good like two mil thinner i bet yeah and it, it, it I, i'm wondering whether other people have noticed mm. this where it digs into the wrist because on the the thicker watch you did not notice it at all but on this one and it's got a very well machined crown that sort of is a bit like a cheese grater on your wrist <laughs> yeah yeah so this i mean this project if we get this to work will i mean will you will you keep it forever that's the that's the question i mean i can't won't be able to know, sell it right? afterwards that's for what you're like, you've uh, got a so yeah yeah or or what you do is uh i have at least a a stack here of all the original parts and pieces we could you could just you know just offer it with the original parts <laughs> 
you know like oh uh, yeah oh we had some service done to it uh, we got the original uh, crown and stem and movement and second movement and it's like when yeah. you go to a fancy restaurant and you get de- a deconstructed oh, apple pie yeah. and it's like a little bit of pastry right. the pie filling and then the bottom this will be a deconstructed <laughs> yes, exactly. watch exactly exactly and i had i had already done some extent so uh if you didn't catch it we had i posted some pictures up on the our facebook group if you're not a member definitely uh join us over there uh you know i i took a i took a drill to the uh movement holder already we are already that the the warranty has been void already so i don't know sam uh well it was good well it was good while it lasted so yeah and and to to be honest i mean joking aside this watch was very much uh, it was a kickstarter watch so it came in i would argue semi-prototype form anyway mm-hmm. and that movement the eight what uh 8015 i think it was in there it was it was not good i mean i mentioned this in the in the mm-hmm. review itself yeah. it was it was just not great at all yeah. which was it was a real shame actually but anyway um and i've just become really i don't know a, a, paranoid about accuracy for some reason i don't know what it is with me this yeah, year yeah. that i'm just really i hope i bothered i hope i didn't accuracy. i hope i didn't give it here i'm sorry if i did no no <laughs> no no it's it was... it's one of those things so i do find yeah. myself more often than not wearing a, a quartz now in fact we, when you take strip the movement out of the wallbrook i'll really only have um be down the... two two mechanical yeah. watches i'll have my old grandfather's timex and then the the turtle that we yeah that we worked on oh some guy got totally wrapped around the axle on my watch reviews about the fact that we changed the movement in the turtle he was like oh well you say this is your watch collection but you basically you've changed all the watches so they're not like their original selves i'm like dude okay it's like the nh35 yeah. is the 6l or 6r whatever 15 what is it six uh yeah, yeah six r yeah good good job uh yeah, it's the same. Like the same. I even. I think I even asked you if you wanted to put the rotor on it, because it's like it's the same watch. It's the same movement. <laughs> so, yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah. So it's one of those things. But I, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of back to like being a little kid thinking oh i wonder what it would be like to if we could do yeah. it i mean it's worth it because it was sort of a prototype watch right, anyway right. and I, I i mean i like it don't get me wrong but i, I just want to see how, if we could do it I, I think it would make for a great youtube video yeah I, I also think i also think on your like watch journey i think this is because you sort of now have the the am i your you know the wherewithal to do it or <laughs> i'm giving you the like uh i'm i'm making this available as an option you, you you definitely get lost i found this when i first started modding seikos like you like once you have swapped out a dial in hands on a seiko like any of the seiko fives they are all the same so like if you're interested in like getting involved and in, i mean we we did a pod a while ago on on watch modding and i talked about you know movements and interchangeability and things like that i mean you any of the seiko fives you take any dial any hands they'll swap into anything i mean just whatever you want to make and then most of those will swap into any like skx and then turtles and i mean just and, and sumos and etc cetera, etc cetera. and there's a couple of caveats where 
uh, certain bezels have to be changed and certain chapter rings. But I mean, like the dials are 28 and a half. I mean, like all of them. I mean, you know, it's, it's same movements, same hands, same everything. So it really opens up a door and then you're like, oh, goodness, how far can I go? <laughs> Yeah, this is that joke that we often make, isn't it? Where it's the more you know about watches, uh, the less like the less happy you are, maybe. Or can you, could you can you ever be happy? Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> you, definitely you, in the pursuit of happiness. High. Yes, yes. This is the ultimate pursuit of having of Sam's happiness of Sam's watch happiness. So, <laughs> yeah. So let us know um, whether I've gone too far with this and I've implicated Chris in a terrible <sighs> crime here. Let us know over on the Casual Watch Talk Facebook group. Mm, good stuff. Uh... Awesome. Well. That's been great, Chris. As always, guys, we do really appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.